This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work, because business is personal. Hey, More Than Workers. We at PeopleCentric often talk about how do you build a more people-centric team? How do you build a more people-centric organization? But some of you are probably sitting back listening to that going like, I don't really have a ton of control over my team, or I don't have a ton of control over my organization. In fact, some of you say, I don't have control over much at my jobs. We beg to differ. We think that you actually have a lot of control. You have a lot of influence. You are a leader and you might want to learn to become a people-centric leader. So today at our More Than Work podcast, we decided we were going to share a little bit about what do we mean in terms of leadership? What is a people-centric leader? And then what can you do to become a more people-centric leader for yourself? Because we know that people-centric leaders are more successful in their careers. They have more success with their coworkers and they're happier too. So all the good things happen to people-centric leaders. And so for the podcast, we have our own people-centric leadership team here with us. We have Diana joining us from her uh, people-centric West Coast office in Tacoma. Diana, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Wonderful. Is it raining in Tacoma today? No, it's beautiful. It's like 60 and sunny and it should be like that for the whole summer. Oh, wow. That's nice. That's the kind of forecast you like to get. Yeah, I would just mm-hmm. like to say that I think we ask you if it rains, it's raining like every time we do a podcast, Diana, and most answers have been no, it's, it's actually not. Yeah. Yeah. And I yet, mean, it rains in the winter and that's it. And yet when Di- when Matt and I were there only two weeks ago, it rained a lot. So I'm just saying it did not rain a lot. We never we saw the mountains. I don't think there it are was any mountains. cloudy. It was cloudy, but it didn't saw- rain. There's mountains there. No, I don't think so. We oh, saw it from the airplane, I guess. Very big mountains. They were oh, pretty tall. They were and big. before you guys got on, Diana did say it's cold there, which this has made Diana soft. It has. It has. Yes. It's 60 degrees, degrees and I'm... 60 degrees would have been welcome. Now you want it's to... cold? 60 is cold? I'm exactly freezing right better. now. I have You're on there. two layers. It's like a Patagonia commercial when you walk around there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's Matt giving Diana some love there from the Midwest, uh, the Patagonia. <laughs> I love that. Well, I was in my short sleeve polo. In, our short sleeve. in the 80s here today in Springfield, yeah. <laughs> Do, doing his. <laughs> that was doing, back he little he's back doing his little... Tommy Boy thing right now. On, on the, <laughs> yeah, right now on there. You can't see that in the podcast, but you can imagine it. We yeah. should clip that out as well. Yeah. Bethany, how's the weather where you're at right now? It is beautiful. I love it. Beautiful day. I love it. Yeah. What, Matt? I said she's like eight minutes from your house, Don. So her weather is your weather. Well, right <laughs> well, not as a little more than eight minutes, but yeah, it's the same. It's the same weather here. I think sometimes we get a little bit different, but no, it's beautiful. Yes. I was out on the river and hiking and I did, I did yoga in my front yard yesterday. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt just explained everything he needed to explain. Matt's in one judging me. Not impressed. <laughs> Front yard yoga. That's great. That sounds amazing. That maybe that's an episode we're gonna do. I don't know. Yeah. We've got Mary Cool Ling who's on here with her shades on. She's wearing her sunglasses. <laughs> Why are you wearing your sunglasses, Mary? Because the sun is always shining everywhere I go. 
Wow. 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 The way you said that is you dropped it like a hot microphone. It's like a bookmark. I mean, okay. <laughs> Mary's, Mary, full disclosure, Mary's on vacation mode. She's about to go on vacation. <laughs> so we could either do this or not do this right now. Right. Mary's got her sunglasses on. Mary has told us she's going on vacation for three weeks now. So actually for like four months, (laughs) the adult version of senioritis, like burn it to the ground. I don't care. I won't be here next week. Yeah, that's okay. I'm I'm sure Mary will have some great insights for all of you. I'm sure you're excited to listen to this. (laughs) And then we've got myself, Don Harkey. I'm doing fine. Weather's great. Our kids are great. Everything's fine. And then we have our host, Matt Griswold, who's going to walk us through this topic of people-centric leadership. Take it away, Matt. Well, Don, everybody else gave kind of like a, you know, tidbit or a fun fact. You just Okay, made- Matt, what do you want? What do you want to say to the group here? No, not for me, for you. No, for me. What do you want to know about me? <laughs> you just made, you just made your first purchase ever of this product. Yes. I yes, I did. What, can, can we talk about that for just a second? Sure. What do you want to know about it? What, what does, what, what is it called and what does it do for you? Okay. So I have to give a little bit of context, but I attended a professional seminar on personal branding and there was a lot of discussion about the three things that men can do to increase their personal brand. And it was specifically Mm -hmm. men. And they said, your hair, Mm -hmm. which check done. I already feel that. Got that one done. Step step two is clothes. Check done. I'm a great dresser. (laughs) And step three was skincare. And so I raised my hand because I was talking with the rest of the group, you know, I was looking around the room and all the guys were looking around at each other. And I said, so when you say skincare, I assume you mean like washing it. Like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> like and having it? Like I have skin. I have skin. You've had it my whole it. life. <laughs> yeah. So then the question was, well, do you, you should wash, moisturize and tone your skin Ooh. daily. And I only knew what really two of those things were. I didn't know what a toner was. So I got on Amazon over the weekend and I bought myself a toner and I look fabulous. I'm just going to tell you right now. You you are kind of glowing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Your skin looks very smooth. Or did you really like, do you know what kind of toner you bought? I know. I know what kind of toner. Tell us more. We'll kind link it in the show <laughs> notes. <laughs> we're, not, we're, we're not sponsored yet, Don. So I'm going to. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to help you with something after this podcast. So we'll, we'll talk later. Okay, right. good. We're going to do a whole podcast on skincare coming up soon. If y'all want to see my skincare journey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I look radiant. I do. Yeah. No, I okay. That's, that's, I mean, that's, a, I, I think for us, this is kind of funny because our team knows like, you know, we get to travel to some pretty cool places. Anytime Don is somewhere where the sun shines bright, like beachy themed, he will send us a picture of him at the beach and he's typically covered from head to toe uh, because your skin is fair, right? That's true. Thing, right? I was going to say, I think the more important thing for you, Don, would be sunscreen, like a daily sunscreen. <laughs> Just a day, just for the office, just Every for the, day. around the house. I mean, just for the moisturizing. Does, does, your moist, does your moisturizer that you bought, does it also, does it have SPF? No, it does not. Well, it Don, should. Don, it should. Missed opportunity. Missed All right. Opportunity. I'm going facil- to facilitate this and bring it right back. Yeah, yeah, help, help us, Matt. 
You're welcome, everybody. Now, uh, you know, we do get positive feedback, by the way, of these podcasts where people get to learn a little bit more about us as individuals, as actual people, right? And that was maybe us, us revealing what's behind the curtain of Don Harkey and the team dynamic, just a little bit there, too. So let's get into this idea of people-centric leadership. Don and I have had this great opportunity to be able to travel the country. We get to speak at a lot of events. We talk about this idea of like a people-centric culture. But, but what, what happens is a lot, of, a lot of times people that attend that might say, okay, so what does that look like for me on a personal level? Don, you did a good job. I won't say good. I don't want to berate you like that. You did a great job of building context for this topic, right? Some people are left going, well, what does that mean for me as an individual? I have very little influence over, over the company and, and understanding maybe you have more influence than what, what you think you do. But we also work with a lot of small businesses. There might be some people listening to this going, we're a party of two. Like, what, what, how do I build a framework around you know, an organization? Like, I need to think more on my level here as an individual. And so what we want to do with this topic is be able to think about this idea of a people-centric culture, the high-level sets of systems there. And we can run through the systems too. That'll be part of what we do. But what we're going to do, and this is exciting, you want to stay with this, we're going to drill down to like an individual level to be able to talk about you as a person. Now, this is going to be maybe a little bit vulnerable, maybe a little bit reflective, but I, but what I'm hoping and what we're hoping is that you walk away with some tangible ideas and tips and, and things like that to be able to walk away with that you could implement immediately on a personal level, not just an organizational level. Don? Can I drop, can I drop the first truth bomb for today? Yeah. Do, 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 do. Do, do. <laughs> we don't have sound effects. So that's what we do. Oh, that was it. That was a laser bomb. Apparently. <laughs> That's okay. That's fine. So if you are not getting the results that you would like to get out of your career or your job, it probably has something to do with you. There's probably something that you could be doing better or wrong. Now, some of you are going, ouch, that hurts. What about my job? What about my boss? What about the team? What about the jerk at work that I have to work with? All those different things. But yes, all those things that we're talking about are difficult to change. The one thing that you can change is yourself. And a lot of times when we see people who are really struggling at work, there's something that they could be doing that would make their work significantly better before they ever change jobs, before they ever change bosses, or any of those things that they have that are kind of outside of their control. It's work on yourself. Yeah, and I think maybe that's a great that's a great place to start. Let's like let, let's build a, a foundation of understanding. We could we could give you all kinds of cool tidbits throughout this podcast about people centric leadership, giving you know some things for you to try. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you have to kind of want to, right? You have to kind of see that maybe there are some things that I need to potentially do differently. Maybe I don't like the course that it's going. And our first reaction, instead of going, if I just don't have to work with these people, or if I could just change the course of working with these people, or if those people will get out of my way, no, 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 no. Like, what are some of those things that you could you could really do? And I know you're out there. I know more than workers are out there. We hear it all the time when we're going to these conferences. Like, please help me. What are some things that I can do to navigate this thing? This is also why I'm just going to put kind of a, a plug in here too. Maybe you're maybe you're going, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little sales plug here. We don't typically do this, but I'm going to do a little sales plug. Maybe you're going, okay, I can't necessarily, uh, I'm not in a position to be able to bring you on entirely, but I would like some direction or some navigation. We have great uh, executive coaching as well as an opportunity. Bethany, I know, does a lot of that for us. We all kind of have, have done that uh, coaching. This is just kind of the space where Bethany, I know Mary's plugging in more to this executive coaching lane too. So even at the end of this, you're going, okay, those were tangible things. I'm not 100% sure where to start with that. Maybe starting with a coach to be able to help navigate some of those things is a good spot. So we'll tell you how to get in contact with us uh, towards the end if you'd like to get in contact about about uh, maybe starting a coaching relationship just to help navigate the waters of leadership. That that might be something that, that you'd like to take us up on too. 
So let's maybe define a couple of things first. You know, Don talked about leadership. You know, what we would say is we have to agree on this part. Leadership equals influence. That's what we would say. This might go counterproductive or counterintuitive to some of the different leadership books or other podcasts that you might listen to. What we would say is leadership equals influence. You have the ability to lead people this way. You have the ability to lead people this way. You can almost picture a fork in the road. You can go left. You can go right. You can lead positively. You can lead negatively. And either way, you will not have a shortage of having people follow your lead. That's the one aha moment that I think we probably should maybe foundationally say is, yes, I understand leadership equals influence. All of the things we're going to talk about today is under the premise and foundation that leadership equals influence. You can go this way, you can go this way, but you are influencing people on a regular basis. Yeah, I love that point. I think a lot of people think leadership is always good and it's not always good. You can lead people the wrong direction. You could come into work and you could be really negative about the job and negative about the company and tell everybody else how negative it is. And they may choose to follow you. And then you're leading people down the wrong path. So sometimes we don't lead ourselves in the right direction. That's right. Yeah. I, I remember having this conversation. Can't remember who was with me. It might've been Mary. We were at a hospital and there was a guy that was pushing back on this idea that uh, leadership can also be negative. And he said, well, if you're leading somebody negatively, if, you, you know, if you're going negatively, you're just being a bad leader. And I was like, you just used the word leader to describe what they were doing. You just put the word bad, bad in front of it. That's right. You are being a bad leader. That's, that's kind of what we're saying. So it's not by title. If you were sitting there going, one day when I make it to management, I'm going to be able to do all these cool things. No, no, no. You probably have more influence over, over, uh, you know, that, um, over that destiny there than what you might think. The other thing that I wanted to maybe talk about and throw on the table is this idea of empowered and aligned. Who wants to take this one? from our group. You know, we talk about empowered and aligned, empowered to be able to do some things. You know, we talk about empowerment quite a bit, like who has the ability to be able to empower somebody? Is it a recognition that they have to have, you know, the employees have to have, or you specifically more than worker? Do you have to recognize one day that you are empowered or is it good enough to be told? And then aligned, aligned with what? Yeah. So I think it's really important. The empowerment piece, a lot of people find themselves in a victim mode and they're like, somebody else should make me feel empowered. No, no, no. You yourself need to determine how you feel empowered and what you feel empowered by. And then the alignment piece of that is how does that line up with the organization that you're working for? You might say it doesn't. You might say what empowers me has nothing to do with where I'm working today. And if that's the case, you really want to find a place to become empowered. Now we're not saying go quit your job. That's not the case here, but mm -hmm. you know, it is, it is powerful when you are empowered and then you're aligned with what that organization needs and wants from you. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. And I call it fun. People kind of look at me like I just, you know, play at work all day, but I call it fun when you're having fun, you can be so energetic and successful and involved with everyone. Yeah, I, I like it. So this uh, idea of empowered, it's not a knighting ceremony that you are invited to that says you are now empowered with the you know sword on the opposite shoulders. Go and do wonderful things. You are now empowered. You know, we we also talk about empowerment as being, you know, the recognition that that I can do some things. I do have an influence. I do have a little voice. You know, I can accomplish some of these things that I want to do. Now, I would say this just to kind of split a fine hair here is managers, you don't 
the 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 goal of empowering you do not have the ability to be able to empower all of your people even though gosh how many times do we hear that like i told them they can go do it like i told them i want them to do it that's not that's not how someone becomes empowered however you can do some things in your environment to create an, an environment where people can become empowered and that might be a whole nother podcast we could talk about later but but we need them to be able to be in that place of feeling this empowerment what about the alignment piece there i know mary just briefly touched on it let's build out some more context what is the alignment piece? Why is it important? How do, how do we create this alignment? I think alignment is kind of the weirdest one when you think about a person, because you're like, if I'm a leader, what am I aligned with? And the answer to that is you're aligned with yourself. You can put yourself in the wrong position to be successful. And we see that happen a lot. We'll see people who are very good at some things, but then get lost in what those things are. And they start doing things that they're not very good in doing, and they don't let other people help them. They find a job that they don't care about or they have no passion about instead of doing something that kind of fits with their purpose. So you have to know yourself really well. You have to know what makes you different from other people, which you would think you would know yourself really well, but we all struggle with that because we only get one sample, right? We only know what ourselves are like. We have to work with other people to figure out what they're like. So you have to understand, to understand your strengths, you really do have to kind of study yourself a little bit and study other people to see what makes you different so that you can put yourself in a situation where you're aligned with your core strengths and beliefs with clarity and purpose. You know, one of the things with alignment, thank you, Don, one of the things with alignment is it ebbs and it flows, right? So sometimes we could be perfectly in tune and then all of a sudden things happen and we become misaligned or out of alignment here and bethany i'm going to toss something to you because we did talk about coaching and we talked about maybe on a, on an individual level how do i become you know how do i apply some of these things if i'm that person maybe that's become misaligned bethany put on your coaching hat for just a second like what are, what are some of those processes maybe that we have as far as getting someone maybe to recognize they're misaligned or maybe they've already recognized it how do we get somebody on track like is there a path that somebody can go. So if somebody is misaligned in the way that Don was just talking about, I mean, I think that some of it is just like an acknowledgement of even just are, do you feel like the work that you're doing is a struggle every day? Do you feel like unhappy or like you're just fighting, like you're on an uphill battle all the time? And just taking a minute to acknowledge that I think sometimes whenever we think about I think it's a common, I guess, I guess it's a common belief, I think, in our culture that if work is hard and not enjoyable, like that's just work. That's just what it is. I just have to accept that. Um, and I don't think that's true. I think that if it, if you are not thriving or you're struggling continually and there never is joy or ease, then, then there's probably something wrong and you might be misaligned with either your organization or your position or just your own strengths and skill sets that you're using within that job. I like that. And sometimes we have to give difficult truths. I could tell you a conversation, gosh, I've had it more than once. I just had it again today with an individual. I'm hearing them describe their life at work. And it sounds awful, but they're still showing up every day and they're still going through it. There's tears in their eyes as they're talking about this. And I finally just asked the question like, gosh, do you still want to do this? You know, Don, we talk about inertia as being one of those things, those reasons that people get up and go to work every day. They don't, they don't like to admit it, but we are driven kind of by our calendar. I'm driven by the things that I just normally, I just show up and I do it because I've always done it. And, and to, to have somebody ask you the question, like, have you thought about this? I know it's your title. I know you worked hard to achieve it, but gosh, do you still want to do this? 
or not. And for some people, that's that's a serious conversation. You know? Yeah, and then to, and then to circle back, you know, around the empowerment idea, then you have to decide if it's not working for you, that you have the power to change it. And that's true empowerment. Empowerment is really your desire and ability to want to work towards your own potential as a human. Just figuring out how do I take the best version of myself, put myself in the situation, recognize that I deserve to be successful ultimately at the end of the day and deciding what kind of leader you want to be and then applying that leadership to others. That's, that's, what, that, that's what this people-centric leadership is at its core. Yeah. And we, you know, I've had this conversation with people before. And, and one of the things that I said, like similar to what you said, Matt, of just asking like, why are you still doing this? But the question that I, what I said to this person was, gosh, you just don't seem happy. Like you just don't seem happy in your, when you're at work. And that Mary just talked about there. Yeah. And so, and then it kind of gives people the space to just decide like, what's the cause of that? Because maybe it's, it helps them evaluate, like, how am I misaligned? Is it just me? Is it just my attitude? Am I showing up to work and I'm just having a bad attitude or am I not in the right job? Or like, how do you, how do you change that? Yeah, I love that. And sometimes it's just bringing awareness to them, right? That that is, you know, you recognize this from afar. The last thing I'm going to say about that, and then we're going to get into the framework here. But but if you have gotten that for, far, by the way, I would encourage you just kind of take an inventory. First of all, before we start applying some of these things, take an inventory and see if this is something that you still want to do. Chances are, if you're miserable, if you're that misaligned, it's probably affecting the work that you're having, uh, you know, your job that you're having, you know, with the company or with the department or with your team, you're probably in using that now as influence, maybe involuntarily, but you are influencing the people around you. And I would also say that the people at home that you go home to that you love are probably also feeling the effects um, of that as well. So, Anyway, let's let's turn the page and kind of get to where we are going with this overall topic. This idea of let's let's kind of put the framework for individuals. Now, what we talk about in a people-centric culture is we have these five sets of systems that if organizations are doing their best to operate within, the ripple effect is you're operating with this idea of a people-centric culture. You know, we have the people system. Do I have the right people in the right roles? The people that are in the roles, do they have clarity around what's expected of them? Do they know how you're grading their success? Uh, do they understand how well they do their job it impacts other departments and other groups within the same organization? Or are they just kind of going through the motions? Do they have a job description? Probably. Do they have role clarity? Maybe Maybe not. I don't know. It's all encompassing, all encompassing there. So under the people system, the communication system that we talk about is uh, how do we become more proactive and intentional with communication instead of reactive? You'll know what you need to know when you need to know it. How do I become more transparent with communication? This could be even how I create my agenda for a team meeting. It could be around the financials part. You know, we do the working with a great game of business there and op operating within scorecards and dashboards. Like, how do we become more transparent on the money side of the organization to help my people be able to make the best decisions for themselves too? How do we create communi uh, transparent communication throughout the organization? Management system, yes. We want uh, managers to hold the employees accountable. We want leadership to hold managers accountable as well. We want to help them develop lines of standard and be able to hold the line of accountability to the standard that's that's been created. Uh, leadership development, though, is a big part of this because a lot of people are promoted to managers, but they're not actually given managerial or, or leadership training. It's a different skill set than just being good at your job. And so leadership development is a big part of this organizationally too. The last two are process systems. What are the processes that your people are operating within on a daily basis? Are they effective? Are they efficient? Do they work? Are they frustrating? 
They may, they may be great, they may not be great. We just don't pulse check those enough. How do I engage the people that I'm trusting to help run those processes to help me build a more effective process for them to operate in? And then finally, strategy is, is at the end of the day, how do we know what winning looks like? Have you done a good job of creating objectives and goals and direction so everybody's rowing in the same direction? So organizationally, these are the things that we're talking about. But sometimes through that conversation, this is where individuals are going, how do I use this just as, I'm, as I manage myself and my team? If I'm a frontline employee, how do I use this? Like I'm bought in on the whole idea, but how do I make an impact and make sure that I'm preparing myself to be the best leader that I can be to be able to also plug into that, you know, kind of framework within the organization too. So we're going to go through these different five systems, but on an individual kind of level, uh, take note, more than workers, take note. Maybe there's a, a, some questions that you have as we're working through this. We don't have all the time in the world to be able to go through this. So if there's other questions you want us to build out more for future episodes, write it down, uh, send it to us as we walk through these and we'll, we'll be happy to touch on those too. So the first one, people. Organizationally, again, people in the right roles, those types of things. But, but as far as individual level, we're talking about understanding your own unique strengths and passions. So where do you want to start with this one, team? Is it, is it, you know, what tools maybe are out there? How do I define, how do I find my own unique strengths? How do I understand what I'm passionate about? I think we get caught up, you know, so much in the what's of the day that we just go to work and we accomplish tasks. We, we lose our passion around why I even applied to work at this place in the first place, right? Why do I continue to show up here? So on an individual level, understanding uniques and strengths and passions, Don, what would you say here? I think you're going to have to start with the understanding that you need to work in the areas where you're strong at, right? We've talked about this in other podcast episodes before. The idea of strengths leadership is, and this is something that Gallup has done a lot of research on, but other organizations have as well, is the idea that you should not only work on your weaknesses. Don't find the areas that you're not good and say, I'm not good at math, so I'm going to spend more time mathing. Or I don't like, I don't speak in public, so I'm going to speak more in public, those types of areas. It's, it's figuring out really what your core strengths are and building on those, figuring out how to do the things that you're naturally good at doing and running with that. Because the good thing about this in the world around you is the stuff that you're not good at doing, somebody else is good at doing. Somebody else wants to do the things you're not good at doing. So a good place to start is probably through some kind of an assessment. There's lots of assessments. Now, when you go out in the world, you're going to find, you can find hundreds of different personal assessments on your strengths. Uh, strengths Finder is one that we've mentioned before with Gallup organization. You can take that assessment by purchasing a code online or purchase any of their books and they'll have a test that you can take and you'll do, it'll tell you what your top five strengths are. And then it will also tell you how those strengths work together. And it will show you what the other strengths are that other people have. Uh, and you can look at that. There's old tests like the Myers-Briggs personality. The more the modern version of that is 16personalities.com. You can go there and take a test and kind of learn a little bit more about your own personality set and what that looks like. There's things like Colby assessments. There's DISC assessments. There's all these different types of assessments that you can take. We've got one called Hiring Suite that's used a lot in the hiring process that we can use. And all of that is done to notify you to help yourself understand what your core strengths are. So I would start by taking some of those along with maybe other members of your team. Those are really great and definitely use those. I think also you could just have conversations with people who are close to you. So both at work and maybe even at home and just ask them, ask them the question of like, what do, what do, what am I best at? 
What are the things that you see as my strengths and write those things down. And then also think through the things that you just enjoy doing both on in your free time and at work and try to even evaluate further than that to think about like, what, what is it about those things that I like specifically? What is it? And are there themes around the things that I like doing at work and the things that I like to do in my free time? And, and then even just the things that you're just passionate about, like, what are the things that kind of fire you up and get you out of bed every day? And so, so that's another, so there's some other questions and things to, to think about in, in determining your strengths. Lots of good feedback as far as, you know, the things that might be out there, Diana, I'm about to go your way here because there's lots of great feedback on, on how to, okay, so how do I gather that? Bethany, I'm glad that you said, why don't you just, you know, maybe, maybe you could talk to the people that are closest to you because they might have a good idea of where it seems like you're happiest or where you're operating, uh, operating in. I also like how you said, think about those things that are outside of work that, that uh, yes, I like those, but what is it about those things that I like? And then how do I potentially apply that? So Diana, what if somebody has gone through that process? They're like, okay, so I, I, do, I do have a good understanding or I think, I think I have a good understanding of some of my strengths and some of my passions. And I might even be able to connect the dots to be able to say, this is how I think I could use this at work or how I could apply that thing at work. If I'm that individual going, okay, but how do I even approach my manager with that conversation at all. So I've done the legwork. I took my strengths finder. These are the things. This is maybe a mechanism that I could use it at work. Like what would you suggest about how do I approach leadership or management with being able to try to sell them on the idea of maybe maybe utilizing some of those things at work? Yeah, I mean, I, I almost don't know if you have to really sell it. I think most people from the outside know what you're good at, right? Like if I went to Matt and I was like, Matt, I just took an assessment and it turns out I'm really organized. Matt would be like, yeah, we all know. We all know, <laughs> right? And so I think the selling it part is how do I do more of that, right? How do I really leverage what I'm good at and not have to do some of the things that I really struggle through every day? And I think if you went to your manager, I know if anybody came to me and said like, hey, I'm really good at this thing and I want to help do that more no manager is going to be like, no, I don't, I don't want your help. Thank you. You know, like, I just don't think that's pretty, I don't think that's common. Yeah. At least, at least we would hope, at least we would hope that they don't, you know, maybe one of your strengths or one of your passions is I like to build Legos. Okay. Well, we don't really build Legos at work, but maybe it's, maybe it's the thing about that building Legos. I really don't like, I don't have the patience for Legos, but I know there's people out there, right? So maybe they like to build Legos. Maybe they just like to create things like build something. Uh, It's not Legos, but I can apply that to work by building something. I can help create something and maybe it's a process uh, for an improvement thing too, that, that maybe they weren't on a team before, but but that they, they'd like to raise their hand to potentially do that too. Also, did you say you don't have the patience for Legos? Yeah, uh, Lincoln Law. I was gonna say the same thing. I was like, how do you what? <laughs> what do you mean? You don't Matt have the patience. I totally for get Legos? that. Matt. I get it. I get it. I get you, well, Matt. I, I Legos mean, are you, like free form. You can do whatever you want with Legos. It's so much creation, creation. But, the, but the pieces are like this big and it takes forever <laughs> to build it and, when and you to buy get like it apart house, is really hard oh my gosh yeah and i've like, never oh, heard anybody say this before <laughs> well you know they have the lego the, this is neither here nor there bethany but if i have to defend myself first of all uh you know you buy those little you know the little packages the little it's kits, the kits that, now they're not free form the, yeah you have to follow the the process there like oh you don't man. have to follow that process that's a suggestion i'd rather build like in <laughs> that's just me 
That's just me. Well, this, not, well, this is a good example. I was going to, first of all, I had to get that in because you called me out on the toner. But the other part is just, <laughs> I think it's a good example. Like if you were working with our team and let's say we did do Lego, let's say we did have Lego as part of our team. You just heard very clearly two members of our team was like, I don't want anything to do with that. And I'll bet they're not going to be very good at it either. And then two other members of our team were like, yeah, like put me in, like, let's figure out some Lego stuff. So, I mean, this is the idea. Now, but imagine if your day all day was putting together Lego and you were Matt and you hated it. Like who that's- thought that Matt and I would have teamed up on this. Like, I don't know how I feel about being in this category, but okay. But, but from different angles, I'm sure. Totally. Yeah. And evidently Bethany will sit there and do it, but who knows what you're going to have at the end of the day. Cause it's all free form. It's it doesn't matter. Hard. There's so many possibilities. <laughs> Well, this is part of the people system is you have to understand like what are your natural strengths? Because if you put yourself into a position where all day long you're building Legos and you're Matt and you hate Legos, yeah. fundamentally, no matter what you do, you're not going to be successful at the end of the day. Yeah. And you're probably going to grow more frustrated and that's going to reflect in other areas of the job too. Mary, I'm sorry. Were you going to add something? Yeah. You know what challenges me when we get off task? What are you trying to say, Mary? <laughs> can we, can we, can we go back to task, please? <laughs> Voice of the people. Thank you. Mary's going on vacation in a week. I don't know if you knew that or not, uh, everybody. Let's go to the second one here. Thank you. Bring us back on task. We talked about the people, understanding unique strengths. So if you're going, okay, what was I supposed to take from that? I think maybe a couple of tangible steps here is try to do your best to try to find maybe a mechanism that helps you identify the strengths if you have not already identify, identified those. And then look for ways to be able to plug those into your, either your leadership or your work you know, the tasks of the job there at work as well. See if you can combine those two worlds. Let's go to communication. So ensuring that I communicate effectively. Gosh, this one's big. And I know, you know, we don't have all the time in the world here to continue to discuss these things, but we're talking about communication, ensuring that I communicate effectively. Where do we start with this one on an individual level? How do I understand if I am communicating effectively or not? Uh, Maybe how does that feel? What does that look like? And what are some maybe things I can do? Diana. Well, one thing that we're going to do for you guys, we're going to link our communication styles quiz to the show notes. So you guys can actually go and take a quiz that talks about your communication style and how you like to communicate. I don't know if most people think about it, but like not everybody communicates the same way. Not everyone likes to be communicated with the same way, right? I'm a bullet point list maker, detail context person. Matt is not. Matt's a call you up and, and, give you just the highlights type person. And then I have to ask 35 questions and he gets mad at me, but that's just how we communicate. And so I think, what? Video Video call. I I I know. So I think you have to first acknowledge that there are many different ways to communicate that not everybody does it the same way that you probably don't know or have thought about your own communication style, let alone how to interact with those who are different than you. So start maybe there with our quiz. I like that. So, you know, first of all, I don't know how to change it if I don't understand for, you know, some foundational things, like how do I tend to communicate? And maybe this is all we need to, we need to say, you know, for the communication set of systems here too, but but it's recognizing that I do communicate in a certain way. And I also recognize other people may or may not communicate in that certain way. Here's the fruit of that entire conversation. The fruit of that entire conversation is recognizing after the recognition that other people communicate differently, how do I step outside of myself to be able to better communicate with those people who communicate opposite of me right now? 
you know, if I ask the question and I do this every time we, we are able to facilitate this in person, how do you communicate with people who are opposite of you now already? And the answer is I don't, or I do my best to work around you. How do you label those people? No, I wouldn't. Yes, you do. You label them as frustrating or annoying or stressful or whatever that looks like. And, and just kind of having the recognition of, okay, they're not trying to be difficult. This is how they're communicating. The leadership individual perspective is recognizing, okay, I understand that's how they're trying to communicate. I understand I would prefer to communicate this way, but let me try my best to try, you know, to try to communicate their style, not mine. And I think that falls also just to expand this concept beyond communication too. I think that falls into the emotional intelligence category too. It's the idea of being able to understand how other people are responding to you when you are communicating and how you can work through that. So I just wanted to expand that concept under that set of systems of communication. Yeah, this is a vast, this is one of, you know, communication is one of those buzzwords, right? We, we, we say that effective communication is the cure for imperfection. Isn't that right? This is one of those things where organizations are going next to never do organizations say, uh, we're all good on the communication front. You can just bypass that when working with us. We are super clear and transparent with everything. Nobody has any questions about what goes on here. That, that never happens, right? This is an ongoing process. This isn't going to be one of those things you're going to listen to the podcast or even take the survey and you're going to be brilliant with it. You're going to ebb and you're going to flow. The communication on, on a team within a team is, man, it's a, it's a tricky one. It's an ongoing I wouldn't even say battle. It's an ongoing conversation that you just want to make sure that you're having with yourself and others too. Let's go to the management one. Can we go to the management system here? The management system on an individual level, develop your skills and understand your influence while holding yourself accountable. You know, we use a, a diagram here. It's from Gallup. It talks about engaged, disengaged, and toxic employees and kind of gives you a snapshot of the workforce. And we all want to say that we're engaged. We all want to think that we're engaged. But the reality is about 51% of people are disengaged. About 16% of people within the workforce across the country are toxic. And the aha moment that comes from that is 70% of disengagement that we don't like, 70% of disengagement comes from management, comes from leadership. Now, you might be listening to this going, wait a second, I'm a manager and I'm pretty darn good at it. Well, you probably are. It's the next one that I'm talking to, right? It's the person to your left that I'm talking to. You know, we've, we're all employees of somebody as well. So 70% of disengagement caused by management. What are those things that I need to recognize as far as, as far as my influence with my team and maybe some tangible things that I can do, recognize that I have that much influence, some tangible things that I can do with my team in order to create a better team, team from my, my perspective as a manager. And I think it's also, it's beyond, you know, this management, when you talk about a leader or a person doesn't have to be your manager. It doesn't mean you're a manager. This is about managing yourself and managing somebody means holding somebody accountable and helping to develop their skills. So it's, do you hold yourself accountable to your own performance? And do you, are you developing yourself continuously? What's kind of neat about this one is this one's very nuts and bolts. Like if your job is to build Legos every day and that's your job, the management side of this is, can you continuously get better at that? How can you keep developing those skills? How can you continuously get better at the job that you already have? That's part of management. Yeah, I agree with I agree with that wholeheartedly. There's a lot of introspective part that goes into this, right? So how am how am I in managing the influence, Don? You just said it. How am I managing myself? And recognize too, this is a common misconception. Just because you might be a frontline worker, you have not yet achieved the title of management. You have that same amount of influence over your peer group that you're also working with um, as as well. So give yourself some credit and be able to take a first step as okay. So how do I hold myself to a higher standard of 
of my influence whenever it comes to that management uh, bucket there. Yeah, so it's reflecting. I mean, so much of this is sort of reflecting on on yourself as an individual. And I think under this category, you're thinking about thing you're you're thinking about lessons that you've maybe learned in the past year, or things that you're struggling with, or qualities that you would like to possess just as a person, as an individual. And who are the people that you look to as an inspiration and want to kind of implement certain aspects and qualities about that person into your into your own life as well so just some other some other little questions and things to reflect on for yourself in this category yeah I think that this has a lot to do with creating awareness for yourself right so when you're taking accountability everybody's like okay so I'm I'm accountable for my own actions and what I do that's cool But it's creating a deeper awareness, like when you're having conversations with people or when you're leading people or when you're doing things yourself, that it goes a little bit deeper. So, you know, on this one, I would just say as an individual, make sure that you're creating awareness around what you're doing uh, from the inside out. Let's move on to the process. We have two more to cover here in our time as we are wrapping, you know, moving towards the end here. But uh, let's go to the process side. And this is going to be, Diana, I thought you might be great at, at helping us understand this here too, because it's talking about specifically on an individual level, organizing your life for maximum effectiveness and efficiency. You got to help me out. Like, what are some tips uh, with what this looks like? How do you organize your life for maximum effective and efficiency? Good question. For people that just like to kind of take it as it goes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think everybody has their own process for organization, right? I am highly organized. I barely think about it. It's very natural for me. That's just how I live my life. It's my jam. I like when things are color coded and organized and that's just how I live my life. But I know that there are certain people, (laughs) Matt and Don, who have to have a process for organization. They have to have time to plan They have to think through things. They have to figure out where things go. And I think all of that's really important to just organize your life, right? Make sure that you do show up on time. Make sure that you are prepared. Whatever your system looks like for your process of organization and maximum effectiveness, make sure you do that. I would add too that it may not be organized, right? I like how we're organizing your life. Like, like we know people, you know, van life is a thing, right? We know people, I know somebody that we work with who's an excellent professional who lives in a van and kind of travels around and spends a lot of time in different parts of the country. I'd say she's done a great job of organizing her life for her own maximum effectiveness. And it's not about putting things in color coding, you know, for Diana, that's what her world looks like. But for her world, the van and everything is the best way for her to be effective in her life. Well, it sounds kind of sad to be Diana, but one of the, one of the, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love, I love the way you work and I totally appreciate the way that you work uh, as well. We, we, we uh, work well together, you know, but you know, as part of this too, and Bethany, I'm going to come to you here in just a moment. I noticed that you wanted to say something as well, Don, maybe to piggyback on this too, it's understanding your, when I am effective and when I'm not effective, that might even be a question too. When do you do your most, you know, when do you do your best work? Are you one of those people like to get up early and knock some stuff out that maybe create some time to get up early and knock some stuff out? Are you one of those people that, you know what, I like to put the kids to bed and then I just have time at the end of the day to be able to, to quietly, you know, know 
you know, work 10 to 11. That's my strong time there, 10 to midnight, whatever that looks like. I can really knock a bunch of stuff out. So understanding when I can be effective and efficient, I think is part of this too. Don? Yeah. For companies, we talk about systems. For individuals, you can think about habits, but they're really just more systems, right? It's the habits where you put yourself in the best chance to be successful at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you might know that if you're listening to this, you might know that about yourself already. Again, if you want to utilize maybe like a coach, you know, relationship there to help identify when am I most effective? What does work, work, work well for me? You know, we would encourage you to work, to reach out about to, to us about that too. Or maybe there's people close to you that you can have those conversations as well. Last one we're going to get into is strategy. So knowing what winning looks like on an organizational level, it's okay, strategic planning, here's some goals, here's some objectives. This is where the organization or that department is headed. But on an individual, on an individual level, how do we translate this? So how do I do a better job of creating what my own version of success looks like and does it does my own version? I'm just asking. Does my own version of success have to create or have to involve the strategic plan for the company as well? Is that what we're talking about, or on an individual level, maybe what does my own version of success look like, and how do I define that? I think when you think about this, you should know what you stand for as a human. You know, we define it as what does winning look like. For some people, winning means going and finding a job that pays the most money. For some people, winning means going and finding a job that literally speaks to their passions in their life. For some people, winning has nothing to do with their job. It has to do with their family or the people they impact. That's really our own personal lifelong journey of trying to understand what winning looks like. So that goes into things like your mission and your vision for yourself and your own values and what things you know at your constant evaluation of yourself and your path towards that. I think that's what that's really about, your own personal identity. I like I like that. Yeah, and I think Don was sort of speaking to it, but like, this part changes and it can change, right? Like you're not always going to say that success is the most money when you're 25. Maybe that is what success looks like for you. But when you're 55, maybe it doesn't matter as much. And I think it's really important that over time, our own definitions of success can change and we can determine what that looks like for us. And what, what is winning when you're 25, 35, 45, 55, I think it's different. So this is one of those that's good for a topic on the podcast that we can, you know, bring up, but it's really nothing that we can get do to be able to provide closure for you as an individual. It's a journey. It's a process for you. This is especially with the strategy one. It's a it's a journey. Your life ebbs and it flows. The people that are in and out of it, your job might change. Leadership that you're working under, management that might change as well. And so it's a constant journey. It's a constant conversation that you you, you probably have ongoing. What is kind of nice, though, in this journey that's very, very personal is just like in a strategic plan, you sometimes need somebody from the outside your organization to ask you the dumb questions that helps you to arrive at maybe what could be obvious from the inside, but maybe isn't. So it's, it's helping to ask questions. What is really meaningful to yourself? Where do you go to? What are those fist bump moments that, that, that hit you on day to day? Those fist pump. There we go. I said fist bump. Those are different. That's a different moment. But fist pump moments where you're just like, man, that was awesome. Like this really does refuel my tank. It's really understanding yourself and being able to explore that from time to time. And I like what Diana said, it does change. It, it changes continuously throughout your life. You might be thinking about this, you know, okay, so there's five different sets of systems and you might be thinking, okay, my people side, I have a pretty good understanding of that. I wanna spend more time in management. We don't have to take these, uh, we don't have to take these one by one or in any, any certain order, which might be where Bethany is about to go to, understanding the goals that maybe you're setting for yourself might be around this whole strategy in the first place. But what about goal setting where you're gonna add? 
I was going to add with this, you know, when we're talking about knowing what winning looks like for you and setting goals for yourself, evaluating how you're setting those goals and making those really specific for you. So I think it's easy for us to say things like, you know, I want to get healthier this year. I want to set a goal to get healthier. So for somebody, it might be, okay, I want to lose five pounds or I want to lose 10 pounds or whatever it is. And that's a, that is a goal that you have that that's healthy. But for some of you, healthy might mean something completely different. So I'm just encouraging people to get whatever that goal is, make sure that you're digging further into that because for somebody, it might mean like, gosh, I just really want to be more active. I don't I don't really have, I don't care how much I weigh. I don't care, you know, to, to count my macros or my calories or whatever it is. It's like, I just need to be healthy. I just need to start moving my body in a certain way that just helps my mental, you know, my mental state too, or whatever it is. So, so that's more of a kind of a personal goal on that side, but even at work, like thinking about, okay, you want to be successful but break down what that means and why, and why is that beneficial for you? And how are you going to be, are you ultimately going to be satisfied at the end of the day, if you lose five pounds, or are you going to be more satisfied if you're just like, gosh, I feel good and I can think clearly and whatever it might be for you. Yeah. Some people, the goal is uh, yoga in the front yard, right? Some people it's, I need a better gooey butter recipe, uh, you know, to each their own, right? Whatever. Uh, each their own let's give one more tip here as we go around the table Uh, what would you what would your one takeaway here if i could ask you to limit it to one what is your one takeaway that you would give for this entire topic around framework for individuals with this people-centric leadership i think when you started with this uh it, it we just gave you a lot we gave you five sets of systems that you should work on but just like we talk about for an organization what you should do is start where you think you should start is kind of evaluate those and think about which one do you have the biggest gap in? Because it's probably one of the things that is holding you back. And just start with one thing at a time and then build it from there. So, so start by setting some goals for yourself, maybe in that strategy system for how you're going to work towards building yourself into a better people-centric leader. Be authentic and determine what creates that excitement and awareness around who you are. And then take that into the workforce. And um, no matter what your goals are, you'll be able to be successful with that. I was going to say, you don't know what you don't know. So get feedback from others. If you're struggling where to start or you're struggling on what you need to work on first, I think asking others, taking some of those assessments and just getting a baseline of you don't know what you don't know. So start somewhere. I don't have a good one. You guys took them all. You guys took them all. No, I mean, I don't, I really don't have anything extra that I would add here. I think you guys did a great job of covering all of these. I think these are really valuable things to think through and just make sure that you have a partner to do it. If you feel like you, again, this kind of goes back to understanding yourself too, and your learning style and how you process information. And so some of you might take this information and say, I just need to sit down with a piece of paper and a pencil, and I can just start thinking through this and start writing stuff down and processing it. Great. Um, if you're, if you feel like that is really hard for you to do, and you need to talk it out with somebody, find a partner to help you with this or call us if you want to, or, you know, whatever it might be, figure out what your process is for it and and attack it yeah i think i appreciate that bethany i think to me one of the overarching takeaways is to each their own we just kind of landed on that at the end but there's no special way you're supposed to start this process there's no special way that you're supposed to land this process right there is no 
winning or losing quote unquote there's no nobody there's no grade system here it's a it's a journey that you're going in and out of that you are constantly tweaking i think the fact that maybe if you are one of those more than workers that listened to it and said you know what i'm going to do one thing from that list i think i think that's a great step i think that's a great step to each their own uh you know this is this is you you do you right you do you on this journey uh and let us know if you need support diana how do they get a hold of us you can email us directly. That's probably the easiest way at more than work at peopleccg.com. Or you can find us on social media. Our handles are at peoplecentric or at peopleccg. And then of course we do have our website and you can always reach out to us that way too. It's www.peoplecentric.com. Gosh, this was fun. Uh, we always enjoy bringing great topics. If you have other topics, like Diana said, just bring that to us. We're happy to cover those too. So Anyway, I hope it was pleasurable for you to listen to and share it with your friends and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the More Than Work podcast. Join us next time. And in the meantime, lead well.